Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am James Coe, the man behind the glass of whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, and MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. we got a big show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about waiver wire options, recency, bias. Wait a second. My God. Could it be? Is that what I hear? Is, is I it him? Oh, no. Is it him coming from behind? Oh, my God. My God, it is him. It's the pride of Connecticut, the master of starts and sits. It is the Hall of Famer, the Hoff, Michael Fabiano. He's here. My God, he's kicking ass. He's (laughs) taking names. My God, my God, Michael Fabiano. And you guys played Striper. <laughs> that was the band Striper. So by the way, that's no a not, great song. Not own the rights to the song, but thank you for letting us use it. <laughs> from from a band that's actually released an album uh, within the last few months. Thanks, guys. I feel like Triple H in 2002 when he came back from the injury on Raw and uh, the crowd went wild. Um, oh, yeah, man. man. Bronchitis is a pain. <laughs> dude. I, I I tried to work through it for about a week. Right, didn't then, work for you. Yeah, and then I, I went to the doctor and uh, he examined me and he's like, "You have bronchitis. What the heck are you doing working?" And uh, I says, "I didn't know I had bronchitis." And he says, "Well, if you want to keep working and get pneumonia, then go for work it. it." Yeah. <laughs> so he basically told me he's like, "You got to take time off because you're not going to get any better." So, but. Uh, it's good to be back. I don't know if my voice sounds exactly right, but uh, I'm feeling good enough to try and uh, help some people win a fantasy title here. So there you go. Let's let's do it. I like it. Um, as I was saying, we have uh, <clears throat> top headlines, waiver wire options, uh, recency bias. We're going to talk about guys who over the last two weeks have just absolutely gone crazy. but Maybe some that haven't gone crazy. Ooh. And uh, we will talk about uh, whether or not – uh, they will keep it up, or they will stay down, or basically, will the recency bias hold? Uh, and then, of course, we'll talk about some uh, good and bad schedules here uh, as we go down into the stretch of the fantasy playoffs. But first, let's uh, unfortunately let's react to the Monday night football. <laughs> uh, that was not good football. It was not uh, that we were subjected to on Monday night. We've kind of seen more and more of that this year. 
Primetime games, right? There yeah. are a lot of bad a lot of, a lot of bad games. Thursday I mean, night games have been not great. That, Monday night games have not the been great. The finish was great. Oh, the finish was amazing. Yeah, but getting up to that point was a little, uh, yeah. The final score, Dallas 19, Washington 16. So I, I'm sure that uh, made Michael Fabiano a little well, healthier. I mean... I mean, listen. I I, I want to I want a team that's got a shot to win something. Okay. Cowboys don't have a shot to win anything with this team. So, but Tony to Romo's a, not on IR. Uh, they could bring him back. I don't know. I don't know. I I honestly like I I've kind of thrown in the towel on this year. I'm kind of looking for a high draft pick because I think the Cowboys could really use that. That could actually take them to the next step, maybe. But. I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to see the Cowboys win, well, but you know, hey, on the bright side, at least you have the Lake. Wait, yeah. Oh dang! Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I and, and the Red Sox just signed David Price, so my Yankees. I was, I was kind of glad to see the Cowboys win because the anarchist in me wants to see this division in flames as much as possible. <laughs> so in that just respect, a, I was kind of happy with what happened. Just a six night. and ten team entering the playoffs—that <laughs> would be amazing. Listen, I, I was talking about this with the people I met up at the bar for a second after the game with. Uh, realize that whoever wins this division is probably going to welcome Seattle into their home stadium for that wild card playoff game. Yeah, right. That is going to be a bloodbath. Probably. I know. But how about if they win? (laughs) But how about? I mean, the way the NFL works is that a 6-10 and team might get into the playoffs and then somehow miraculously win a first-round playoff game and then probably get smoked. Well, remember that that actually happened. With Seattle, 7-9. Right. When they were, um, when they were, that was the Beast Beast Mode game. Um, So, it's, but I mean, listen, Matt Castle's the quarterback, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Des Bryant. You couldn't hear him, but you could feel his frustration every time they had him on camera last night. I hear you. Absolutely. Until the end of the game. Um, 19-16, your final score. Dallas improves to 4-8. and eight. Washington, 5-7. and seven. There's a uh, three-way tie um, <laughs> in the NFC East. Dallas, amazingly, is somehow just a game back. But, listen, that's real uh, football. Let's talk about fantasy football. Matt Jones, I, I mean, look. Nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. I know. McFadden scored a touchdown, and he still didn't even have. He had two fumbles. A good two game. fumbles. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what did Run DMC have? Fifty-nine total yards and a touchdown. Like seven points. Right. So, Alfred Morris got benched. I mean, if the running back position wasn't already a disaster, why did Alfred Morris get benched? Do we know? Do we have any indications as to why Alfred Morris got six carries for 12 yards? Meanwhile, Matt Jones got 18. He didn't because play. Because Gruden hates fantasy football. <laughs> he didn't play in the last three quarters well, this is like at all. Why, this is what happened. And when we people were talking last week, like, oh, maybe Morris is turning the corner. Maybe he's getting the ball more. I'm like, no, we, we've seen this. Like, a couple weeks ago, Morris got, like, 13 carries, and it was like, oh, maybe he's turning the corner. Following week, three. Then he had his big game last week. Now again, Six touches or six yeah. carries or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like you just cannot trust this backfield. Nope. I uh, yeah, mm, boy. That goes <clears throat> that goes uh, for a whole lot of backfields. All right, so uh, Des Bryant caught uh, one long one, which was basically the only way he got to sixty-two yards. So he managed, you know, just uh, six points in fantasy. Not great. Deshaun Jackson had nothing going, and as a matter of fact, until the last thirty seconds of that ball game, he really had nothing going. Um, what was he at? He he got 30 yards and a touchdown on the, on the last 30 yeah. seconds. He was at 5 for 50 with the fumble on the punt return, and then he got the redeeming touchdown. Which yep. was that maybe the worst punt return fumble of all time? One of, yes. I mean, running 20 yards backwards to fumble the football in 
<laughs> when they Wait. when they cut his highlight reel, that will be on it. Yakety Pax <laughs> was playing that whole time. It was craziness. Um, I, can I ask you guys this? I, I know, again, this is more real football, but how was that a fumble? I, I thought if the ground causes the, the, the ground, ball. The ground never caused it. That popped out before his butt was down. Mm-hmm. No, no, but he, it's because his wrist hit the ground. No, I don't think. I think it was out before his wrist hit the ground, too. Oh, man. It's because he was getting bent because he got, was getting, like, sandwiched by five guys. Oh, I, I feel like they should just call it a fumble on principle because he on pr- so incredibly dumb. Maybe that's what happened, and I buy that. That was <laughs> just on so principle. bad. Wasn't it funny though that like the Redskins went right back down the field and you just Jackson scores the happen. touchdown to tie the game, and uh, I mean it, it, craziness. If that if that game lasted the last what five minutes and that was it, people would have been talking about it about how exciting it was. I wish, I really wish Washington had gone down there and hit that field goal. That would have been amazing. <laughs> just so we could get more. No. Garbage. I didn't, I no. Didn't, I didn't want it. No. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, only 33 yards. It was bad. Anyways, like I said, 19, uh, 19-16, your final Dallas wins. They improved to 4-8. and eight. Let's get to top headlines. Let's do it. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news. We'll start in Cleveland. We're talking a lot of real football here. Johnny Manziel is starting for the Cleveland Browns, or is he? Uh, I know we got in some initial reports, right, that uh, Johnny Manziel will start, and then uh, the head coach, uh, Mike Pettin, had to go in and uh, throw a monkey wrench into that and say that, uh, no, as a matter of fact, he has not announced a starter yet. But the expectation is that Johnny Manziel will start for the Cleveland Browns. Um We've talked about it on this podcast many times. Matt Harmon has said uh, the a running quarterback is like a cheat code. Um, Johnny Manziel is a running quarterback. Cleveland, though, is a dumpster fire. Do we stash Johnny Manziel? Dude, there's so many good quarterbacks right now. I mean, the one of the stats that I tweeted out yesterday, so this, this week, uh, week 13, Carson Palmer scored 22 fantasy points and was the 15th highest scoring quarterback. 15. I know. It was crazy. Johnny Manziel should not be anywhere near your fantasy roster unless you're in a very deep league. When you're when you're talking about Jameis Winston with a great matchup this week, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing very well. Uh, heck, uh, there are there are probably four quarterbacks on the waiver wire in most leagues right now that I would have 100% confidence in starting in the first week of my fantasy playoffs. Right. It's kind of sad because it would be fun to, like, be in a position where you're like, yeah, I got to trot out Johnny and, like, this will be exciting and whatever, but – you're right, Fabs. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is only owned in like ten percent of leagues, and Just he's amazing, one of the highest man. scoring quarterbacks. Jameis <laughs> in is playing New Orleans this week. Yeah, there are a boatload of good quarterbacks out there, which is again why you don't draft a quarterback. I mean, the only <clears> thing <throat> I want from Johnny Manziel is for him to throw it to Gary Barnage. That's yeah, all we need Johnny right. Manziel to do. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, that's right. It. That's all we want. All right. <clears throat> How about Matt Hasselbeck? His status is uncertain for Week 14. Uh, he suffered a, I believe, a neck and shoulder injury yeah, combination, um, or as we were saying in the Fantasy Stronghold, he suffered an injury of old. Yes. He's 40 years old. Uh, when he gets tackled very hard, likely to get hurt. Uh, what's the impact on the uh, the Colts skill position players there of clipboard? Well, I don't know. I don't know that he's not playing. Um, but either way. The offensive skill positions are not trustworthy, any of them. I mean, even Frank Gore, he had a good game last week, but even Gore's banged up. Um, the matchup is actually not bad, but 
I, I, it's hard, man. Even to trust Ty, uh, you know, he had a couple of good games, and then last week he uh, he had a stinker. And it, you can't trust Fleener. You can't trust Moncrief. It's it's amazing too because this is the team, maybe out of three or four in the preseason, where we were like, well, invest heavily in the Colts. This is a lot of good fantasy right. players on this roster. Not yeah. so much. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's a situation too where this past week was an absolute killer. Uh, for a lot of fantasy lineups, because the Steelers, <clears throat> until that point, had just been getting burned everywhere. I thought T.Y. Hilton was going to have a nice day. I thought Dante Moncrief was going to have a nice day. I went on NFL Fantasy Live on Sunday, and I said, Matt Hasselbeck is going to be your number seven uh, fantasy quarterback this week. And... Whoops. <clears throat> Oopsies. Yeah, Sorry about not that. So much. Sorry about that, Twitter. I apologize. Uh, <clears throat> what, what's your takeaways on uh, the Colts' offense there? Do we believe? Do we not trust? What, what do we do? The only one I'm going to trust is Gore still. I had been worried about him, especially because, like you said, Fabs, he was dinged up, and Chuck Pagano called him beat to crap. But he looked really good against the, the Steelers' tough, tough front. And if Charlie Whitehurst is going to come in, you know they're going to try and establish the run to take some pressure off of him. So I think Gore will see a, a nice volume of, tar- of touches and should still be able to produce, like, low to mid-end RB2 numbers for you. I was, <clears throat> again, just shocked by the ineffectiveness of Matt Hasselbeck, only because he had been playing really well. Uh, very good, effective football at the quarterback position. He just looked like he was absolutely overwhelmed. Okay, we'll move on. Let's talk about Philadelphia. DeMarco Murray, 14 snaps against New England. Ugh. We saw a lot of Kenyon Barner, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. He only played one less snap than Murray. He played 13. All right, so what do we do with DeMarco Murray? Well, bench him. If you can afford to, like that's the problem right now. Fantasy owners don't have any any options at running back. Right. I, I mean, I, 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 I was telling people to pick up Sean Drone three weeks ago because of volume, and now he's probably the only running back worth anything on the waiver wire, yeah, right? I, I mean, I have him in maybe my James White, this week. but it's like Bellatrix. Right, can you, tra- can you trust James White? Though? No, right. So at least you know Drone is going to see carries and get touches. I mean, this guy's I, caught, what, 18 start... passes in his last three games? Yeah, I honestly might rather start uh, James White than DeMarco Murray. Oh! Because oh. Chip Kelly also said recently that there were going to be changes, and it this begs the question if maybe Chip Kelly, the uh, coach, is uh, starting to you know take over for Chip Kelly, the GM, and he's not just deferring all these touches to, to DeMarco Murray because they paid him a bunch of money, and he's realizing that there are other better options for his offense. Darren Sproles looks like he's a pretty good option in that offense. Uh, seems to make a heck of a lot of sense. He likes those. Uh, he likes speed, is what Chip Kelly likes. He he prefers speed over everything, and it, and if he likes that, I just don't see how you know Darren Sproles is not a guy uh, that you give a lot of looks to. If, I think if Darren Sproles is out on your waiver wire, you should absolutely add. Uh, him to your or rosters as well. Ryan Matthews might be coming back, and he was the most effective running back in this scheme. He like had just about as many fantasy points before he went down as DeMarco Murray on far right. fewer touches. All right, so DeMarco Murray on high alert. Uh, put him on the bench. Yes, no, maybe so. If you can afford it is what Fab says. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really it's really tough out there at running back. So um, I'd rather I'd rather play Murray and, and and cross my fingers than a lot of the guys out there. Might be true. All right, let's talk about another struggling running back. Struggling with his weight, perhaps? Struggling with a curfew, most definitely. Eddie Lacy missed curfew uh, in the Saturday before... Uh, Wednesday. Or excuse me, the, the Wednesday, Wednesday before his Thursday game 
Uh, weight concerns, obviously. Uh, there have been, you know, uh, injury concerns as well. Now he's got some off-field issues, missing curfew. What do you do? <laughs> you can't. You can't play I, I, him. Can't like play it's, trust anybody in that back. It's unreal. Field, I mean, it, we keep saying this though. He had back-to-back hundred-yard games. He had a nice game in, in the week prior. Uh, and then he comes out, and again, if you played him and trying to get into your fantasy playoffs, you're most likely out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you there, needed a big number this week. This week chance. was the week you needed a big number yep. to win, and Eddie Lacy sitting in your starting lineup with 0.1, mm-hmm. an absolute killer yeah. for most rosters. Yeah, that, that one is a killer, and you were actually starting to have a little faith in him because he had two games in a row, Yeah, as we mentioned, but he, I mean... Aside from the weight and the lack of touches now, he's clearly not fully invested when when you're an NFL player and you're late to meetings or you're missing meetings. I mean, that's that's just not a good sign. So um, even against the Cowboys this week, I mean, their defense played pretty well uh, yeah. last night, and it's a little bit underrated, although they haven't been great against running backs this year. How do you play him? You can't. You can't you play, play anybody in this backfield. Because James Starks ended up in the doghouse, too, because he fumbled against Detroit. And then we saw, you know, as we said, the pride of North Dakota State. (laughs) So, like, there's hope. I mean, don't outright drop Lacey because maybe this is his wake-up call. And he's like, oh, wow, I'm going to have a lot of money on the line next year. I should actually get my act together and come to meetings and, and try hard. I mean, or he's just spiraling out of control this year and it's lost. But... You got you got to hold on to him. You got to hold on to Starks. Don't play any of them this week, but you could potentially play them the week after against mm-hmm. Oakland. Well, you, you mentioned this too, Alex, that uh, Mike McCarthy has a, a a pretty good history of sticking with guys. Uh, he might stick him in the doghouse for a game, maybe two, but but he sticks with them. Right. It'll be worth monitoring. I mean, if you have him and you're in the playoffs, like keep an eye on re- like press conferences and reports out of practice for the Packers this coming week because if McCarthy's like, yeah, this is the Lacey we needed to see or something, or he's totally responded to that punishment, like then that's a you know it's, you're trending in the right direction with this narrative, but it's still going to be a risky venture. I tell you what, if you're a podcast listener, we will have Alex Gelhar on the case. He will <laughs> <Right. laughs> filing reports from Green Bay filing daily, reports. and uh, listen to our, our podcast I'll take on a free trip back home. <laughs> <laughs> the network wasn't paid to send me over there. Absolutely, uh, listen to our. Po- I tell you what, listen to the podcast Friday. We'll definitely have an update on Eddie Lacy, and uh, I promise you, Alex Gelhar will have. Uh, will be the good news aggregator that he is and uh, give us the latest reports on Eddie Lacy. All right, let's talk about uh, Arizona's backfield. David Johnson, well, and Baltimore as well. Buck Allen, Javaris, uh, Javaris Allen had, I mean. They had great games. They had great games. They had absolutely great games. This is the David Johnson that we were expecting uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if all of us were expecting in the offseason, but I, I knew he had – the, the size and speed combination to look like that, uh, to basically be a power guy and be a speed guy, catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, there's so much to like about David Johnson, especially in that offense, and Bruce Aarons really knows uh, how to utilize him. Yeah, and now you've got uh, a, a banged-up Vikings defense coming to Arizona this week. Right. So, and and this is, this is kind of funny, too, because uh, certainly uh, we've seen a, a, real, a real loss uh, of top talent at running back both in reality and fantasy, but you're going into the playoffs right now. You're leaning on David Johnson. Yep. You're leaning on uh, Buck Allen. Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls. Yikes. Uh, Spencer Ware, maybe. I mean, it, it is it is ridiculous. Uh, the running backs 
that Sean Drone that that people are starting now. Yikes! Uh, compared to where these players were back when we were drafting our teams. Oh, they weren't even. I mean, were there any of these barely guys, on the radar? Barely they on weren't the radar. on the radar at all. Some of these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, as long as Andre Ellington is still out, obviously we know that Chris Johnson's going to be out. You know, basically the for the rest of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. What is he eligible for Super Bowl in case yep. the Cardinals make it? Um, you know, as long as Andre Ellington isn't there and he didn't practice on Monday, it doesn't look like he's going to play on Thursday. Uh, David Johnson is the guy. So as long as he's the starter, you're plugging him in. Same, same goes for Buck Allen, who's been a really nice plug-in for Justin Forsett uh, since he went down. Although, now let me ask you a question, though. Yeah. Because they're playing Seattle this week. Wait, I think they're playing uh, – oh, yeah. Seattle has got the best run defense in the league if you're talking about running back production. Uh, running backs do – Nothing against them. Yeah, Adrian but, Peterson did nothing. But how many guys them. out there are going to get the kind of volume? Right, I know. Allen I know. Get, so. I know. So, so you probably have to use him as a flex. But this could be a week where Buck Allen does not produce the type of numbers that we've seen in the last few weeks. Well, I tell you what, man. Um, if <laughs> if Benny Cunningham is, is putting up fantasy points on this Seattle defense, well, that was that was in week one. I mean, look at Seattle's numbers right now. Oh, they're I mean, insane. If you look at the fantasy points against numbers on NFL.com right now, I mean, Seattle is giving up an average of 12 points a game to running backs. They've given up four rushing touchdowns all year. Uh, you know, they've given up 830 rushing yards. I mean, it's next to nothing. And they haven't played a bunch of curtain jerkers either. They have not. Is, Adrian Peterson. This is uh, shut down. Right, exactly. So you've. you've you have to play him. I think, think the hope is he but, has a game similar to what D'Angelo had a couple weeks ago in Seattle. Where he's going to catch a bunch of where passes. he's going to catch a bunch of passes and be right. able to do yep. some stuff in space. Like, yep. his ceiling is undoubtedly yeah. lowered, and it could be, like, basement level. But he also has the chance to put in, like you said, flex is a safer spot for mm-hmm. him. RB2 if, you're, if your team is I, decimated with injuries. Yep. But. The matchup's terrible. But right now, in, in the state we're at, at running back in fantasy football – He's he's a flex starter at worst. All right. How about Alan Hearns? He finally clears concussion protocol. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's a must start against Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been, what, a top 15 fantasy receiver most of the year? Got to yep. play. Yeah, you put him in. Got to play him. All right. There you go. Uh, I wanted to ask about Blake Bortles, too, because Blake Bortles has just been, I mean, obviously he had a huge game, but we're seeing big games out of Blake there. Yeah, he, he's been a fantasy stud this year, regardless of how he actually looks on the field and how many turnovers he's had. Right. Mm-hmm. He has been dominating for a lot of fantasy rosters, a couple of mine included. Yep. All right, <clears throat> waiver wire options time, because it is Tuesday, and, and of course Tuesday the big waiver wire day. Uh, for those of you entering into the playoffs, uh, there will be some names out there. You know, it's 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 interesting, too, because this is the time of year where guys who are out of it don't make waiver wire claims, even right. if they have a high waiver wire priority. And, uh, and as a result, those playoff teams now have a little few more options uh, on the waiver I mean, wire. Sadly, the, the wire is really thin, so this week I kind of spun the, the main article into, like, here's some guys that might have good matchups that you could pick up. Like, we mentioned two of them already off the top, uh, Chandrone and James White, both owned in a ton of leagues. James White uh, is kind of looking like vintage Shane Vereen and like, or like a poor facsimile for uh, Deion Lewis. But he's been getting a lot more work lately. Of course, this all could tip back to Brandon Bolden because Bellatrix have returned, but mm-hmm. he's there. And, I mean, if you're desperate and in a PPR league, Bilal Powell might have the game script coming again in a shootout between the Jets and Titans where he could see a ton of work. Because he had, like, did he have 100 yards receiving 
this past week, or was it? Uh, I don't know that he had a hundred. It was 90, 91. But he certainly he had ninety one. He certainly made Chris Ivory uh, a lot less productive. Yeah, and that's was, for sure. It was a lot. It was a lot. It had a lot to do with how the game game mm-hmm. fell in line. Mm-hmm. So he's won. Theo Riddick still catches a ton of passes and could have another game. Uh, wide receiver wise, Devontae Parker. We've talked a lot about his resurgence. He's available in a lot of leagues. Tyler Lockett has been seeing a lot more work recently, actually, um, with that Seattle passing offense catching fire. And then again, a PPR one. Brian Hartline, like it or not, I know like when the Hartline plays. Twenty-seven. <laughs> can catches. only mean one thing. Um, can I? I want to rewind you here just a bit here. Yeah. Chris Ivory. Uh, I know a lot of fantasy managers are asking about Chris Ivory. They're worried about the tailing off of production. Uh, I want to get you guys' take uh, on what to do with Chris Ivory for the rest of the season here. Start him. Uh, he's got a good matchup this week coming up. I mean, so t- to me, again, it's all part of that running back uh, h- anemia. Is that a name? Is that sure. a word? Let's take it. Um, y- you have to you have to sort of play him. And but I guess expectations. Yeah, well, I mean, listen. Is he a, look, when he started the season, he was gangbusters, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he was top ten guy. I, I believe at some point he was a top five guy. Right now, he's still top five. Is he still top five? Yeah. top five. He's still well, I mean, top he's, five. I mean, a lot of it is attrition. Because it's so many been, guys yeah, hurt. I mean, it, it, he's kind of like, he's been every week, uh, every other week. So, you know, he, he'll give you a good one, then a stinker. Um, but Tennessee's run defenses, I mean, they're, they're not they're not all that. So, I still think you have to play him. Right. This could be you a, have this, to run with him. I mean, it, bef- before this game turns to a shootout or if the Jets play better, this also does look like it. I don't know which way it's going to go. It could be an Ivory game. It could be a Powell game. But, like, why he's in the top five is because five of his last eight weeks, he's had 11-plus points, 16 and two of those, 25 and one. But those other three weeks, all four points. Oi. Yeah. So. You know what's amazing is that Lamar Miller, despite the fact that he's had a bunch of stink bombs, is the sixth highest scoring running back in fantasy football. <sighs> I mean, I get, <sighs> so much of this is attrition, though. I mean, what what is this? What does the top ten look like? I know if Jamal Charles and Le'Veon yeah, Bell Arian and Foster. Arian Foster, even, uh-huh. you know, if Marshawn Lynch wasn't you know nicked up all year. I mean, what does it look like if those guys performed yeah. the way you know if Eddie Lacy performed the way we expected him to? You know, D'Angelo Williams is I think he, he's tenth uh, or eleventh in running back fantasy points. And he's had five games this year with two or fewer points because Le'Veon Bell was in the game. And he's still a top ten running back. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. It's it's been such a crazy season between the injuries and and between the fact that, listen, heck, in drafts next year, I might not even take a quarterback. I'll play the waiver wire every single week. (laughs) Honestly, because, like, when you see quarterbacks like Mariota, and Winston and Tyrod and Fitzmagic putting up the type of production that they're putting up. I, I mean, Alex Smith said over twenty points. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's too. Andy Dalton's a fantasy star. This guy was, <laughs> you know, he wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues. Right. The the league is so is so quarterback friendly at this point in time that. Uh, Listen, I mean, even guys that you had given up on earlier in the year, Matt Stafford's had three good, pretty good games in a row. So. Um, Oh, and speaking, Dude, well, Blaine well, Gabbert rushed for more yards. Yeah, than and Todd Gurley combined last week. Uh, speaking of it's quarterbacks, crazy. to wrap up the waiver wire real quick, two good ones to grab off the waiver wire. Tyrod, if he's still there, yeah, oh yeah, plays the Eagles defense this week. Oh yeah, they've just em. been getting lit. Their secondary has been lit on fire yeah, by quarterbacks. Stay. Yeah, and Fitzpatrick again. We mentioned him off the top. Tennessee, great matchup. Another name to look for. He came back this week. 
from injury, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Didn't have a great stat line. Good match. Like you got a few targets, yards. though. Six targets. Jameis loves throwing to his tight end, and mm-hmm. he is playing the worst defense in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> at covering <laughs> tight world. ends. Okay. And also potentially just in the world, in uh, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, so look for Safarian Jenkins. If you're still – if you have Gronk, if you're worried about Eifert, or maybe even for a flex, to be honest. Like, if you have a tight end and you want to get frisky and play another one in the flex, ASJ is a great matchup. Awesome. I love it. Um, by the way, if you don't have Devontae Parker, go get him. Go get him right that now. That too. I love him. Um, I absolutely love him. I love him in this offense. Uh, you think about what Jarvis Landry does underneath. Uh, they need that one guy. They try to bring in Kenny Stills in the offseason to be that guy who could, who, who could take the top off the defense Not and happening. keep defenses honest. Unfortunately, he's Kenny Stills. Uh, Devontae Parker is that guy. He mm-hmm. is that guy, and he was recovering from injury earlier in the season. Uh, we've seen this story before, folks. Uh, rookie wide receiver making a big impact late in the season. Um, Devontae Parker, I do believe, has the skill set uh, and is in an offense to really make a difference in fantasy. If he's out there, go get him. Um, all right, let's play a little game of recency bias, shall we? Let's. Uh, it's uh, over the last two weeks. We're we're going to take a look at uh, guys who have either went bazonkers or maybe have struggled, and we'll tell you whether or not the recency bias will last, um, or, or if that is what it is. It's just a bias because we've been looking at uh, a, a very small sample size. All right, we'll start the quarterback position. How about Russell Wilson? Five touchdowns. Um, one week, and then he follows that up with a massive performance again. Last week, Marcus Mariota and Ty God Taylor. These guys are quarterbacks who have just been on fire. And Russell's got some really nice matchups. Baltimore this week, they stink. Oh, Cleveland in week 15. Beautiful. And then St. Louis, which... They haven't been the same. Seemed to be a bad matchup a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, as Marcus said... Not so much, and that's a home game. So, and and let's let's not sugarcoat it. Russell Wilson wasn't good. No, up until two weeks ago, week eleven, he he had been really inconsistent, and now all of a sudden he's a guy who could help you win a championship. I, and you know what? The, you know what the funniest thing is is that he's having some of his best games without Jimmy Graham. <laughs> I know it's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, take take supposedly in quotes your best offensive weapon. Throw him on the sidelines, and then the quarterback goes nuts. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But uh, the offense definitely over the last three weeks has looked. I mean, vast, it it looks it, it looks nothing like what we saw earlier in the season. Right. Nothing well, like it. And like you said, Fabs, he was he was bad early on. Uh, he only finished as a QB one, scored in the top twelve three times yeah. in his first ten games. That's insane. Wow. And and now I mean, wow. But two weeks in a row where he's been top three. Yeah, and um, but you know what? You know what, guys? This Seahawks team, the offense looks more like what we've seen the last few years. You remove Lynch, Rawls has come in and played really well. You don't have Jimmy Graham in that offense, and all of a sudden, they're starting to look like the team that went to the Super Bowl two years in a row on offense. Right, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how um, that running game and the, and the effectiveness of Thomas Rawls has sort of led up on the pressure of the offensive line. Right. Oh, you haven't heard about that 100%. the last few weeks. So That's a great point. And, and for fantasy owners, it couldn't come at a better time. I mean, you've got Rawls, Rawls slash Lynch. I mean, that's his production is Marshawn Lynch-esque. And Russell Wilson is back to being what we saw last year. Is there any reason not to believe in Russell Wilson moving forward? Uh, not with the schedule he has. Yeah, the schedule's really good, man. I mean, really. At this point, uh, 
you know, I said yesterday on, on Fantasy Live, at the start of the year, we thought he was going to be the number three fantasy quarterback. And with the schedule and the way he's playing, he could he could get there. He could get there. He's getting really <laughs> close. Uh, I mean, was it last three games, 11 touchdown passes, no interceptions? Mm-hmm. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yep, pretty good. Pretty good. All right, how about Marcus Mariota? Do we believe? Listen, boy, when a quarterback uh, when a quarterback gives me that long what what was it an eighty seven yard yep. touchdown rush and uh, it was gorgeous. He's I mean three games in a row with over eighteen points um, and, and last week Jacksonville and now he's got the Jets on the road and, and it's not a great matchup. I mean the, the Jets defense has not been as good, but quarterbacks are still not putting up like huge numbers against them. You know Eli didn't put up a good number against them last week. Uh, then he's got New England and Houston. So Houston's defense, I can't figure out. One week they're tough as nails. The next week, uh, Tyrod's going for you know thirty points against them. Right. So Mariota certainly needs to be rostered in every single league. But yeah, start like, This week I'd be playing Fitz over him. I'd yeah. be playing Tyrod over him. Uh, I'd be playing. Uh, Is he a top ten quarterback? This right week? now, not this no. week, not this week. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, he he is kind of he is who we thought he was. You know, I mean, he's he's had a really good season. He's he's a rookie quarterback who's had his ups and downs. But I'm not trusting my playoff life to him unless the matchup is absolutely perfect. Like if he was right. playing Jacksonville this week, I'd be like, oh man. I mean, he was a starter for me last week, right? Because of the matchup. Um, but I I don't know if I trust him against the I mean, Jets on the road. Like is his. Next three weeks, the Jets, at the at the Jets, at the Patriots, home against Houston. Like, I don't know that I'm really touching him for any of those mm-hmm. games. Yep. Um, if I could make a case for Marcus Mariota, it would be the fact that where what else can they do? Um, they have been totally ineffective running the ball. And it's almost like, all right, kid, <laughs> carry us. And they're putting a lot on his plate. And, you know, I tell you what, man, he has responded well. Um, that's the only that's the only thing I would say. I, I get that the Jets tough matchup. I, I mean, hard to trust him. Playoff uh, lives on the line on the road against the Jets. That's tough, man. But you know what? If there's a rookie who could do it, I think it's him. I, I really do. Uh, I love the fact that he got out there and ran a little bit. Um, hopefully, we see a little bit more of that. Uh, I mean, you talk about a guy who looks like a gazelle out there. That <laughs> that ninety yard run. Those strides he was taking, that was a thing of absolute beauty. You know, it's it's funny, too, because I was thinking about this as I was laid up, you know, yeah. uh, watch, watching the games. So I, I hope I hope this comparison uh, does not come to fruition, but do you remember all the same things that you just said okay. were what we were saying about Robert Griffin III in his rookie year? Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I think Mariota is going to be a really good NFL quarterback, but it, it's it's one of those things where in the moment, you know, we think, wow, sure. greatness. At some point, some of these players that we are seeing greatness from now are going to disappoint us next year. And I know uh, the playoffs 100%. are here, and I don't need to look forward. But uh, it, I, I did find 100%. that. I did find that, wow, we all were so in love with RG. Gushing. But uh, Mariota's looked really good, especially lately. And if they ever get him any wide receivers in Tennessee, watch out. Watch out. Watch out. He has All right. one. His name's Dorio Green Beckham. Well, That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he, he's coming along. He's coming yeah, along. Yeah, he's he's raw as, he's raw mm-hmm. as heck. He's coming DGB along. DGB looks like a tight end out there. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big boy. He's, he's not Eddie Lacy big, but he's, he's big. Cal- no, he's, Cal- like, he's, he's Calvin Johnson big. He is he's, Calvin Johnson he's, big. He's big. 
That's a big dude. How about a running back, too? They could use one of those. They got they, David they've Cobb. David Cobb. <laughs> 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 uh, Tyrod Taylor. I know the fantasy stronghold has been uh, incredibly yeah, high on, on Tyrod Taylor, um, and he has not disappointed uh, over the last few weeks. It's uh, three straight matchups with the NFC East coming up. Hello. I'll <laughs> take it all day. The, the NFC least. I will take that all day long. Um, and I think... It's interesting, too. His production and Sammy Watkins' production have really been tied together. Uh, Sammy Watkins has played better. We're not seeing the drops. We're seeing him make more plays when in the air. They've been targeting him more. It's about which time. Was, which is what they needed right. to do. Right. A few weeks ago, I was telling people, trade for him. Not, not, and he, he was horrible at that horrible. point. Horrible. Um, but it was more about the schedule. Like, the schedule for him is really good coming up. I mean... He's got a great matchup this week against Philadelphia. Unbelievable matchup. He's going to really help you in the fantasy playoffs if you were able to acquire him or draft him or whatever the case may be. But, um, I mean, I was expecting his numbers to start moving northward like this week. He's even surprised me because he's done it against some, you know, the Chiefs defense going into that game. They were playing really well. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I mean, season-long wide, sideways. though. Uh, right, season, exactly. Yeah, they, exactly. They've, been, yeah. they've been giving up a lot of points. Yep. But no, you're right. Uh, you know, if you, were look at, if you were to look at the last four weeks, really the Chiefs' good. Steve, yeah. Yeah, yeah, has been really good, especially against wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It's so weird, so up and down, uh, that Kansas City Chiefs team. Well, they, it's hard to figure. It's like they Houston, made, too. They you don't know an, what you're going to get. They made an adjustment, though, in that Sammy Watkins took him to task in the first half, but he didn't have a catch in the second. I know. The, the Chiefs' defense is still very good. They got got a little bit in the beginning, but they corrected. And that's the secondary bounced right back again this past week and kind of ripped apart poor Derek Carr. And by the way, we're talking about the waiver wire, you know, uh, a little bit earlier. That Chiefs defense could end up being one of the best midseason pickups in fantasy football. They have balled out. I mean, balled out. I mean, what, what did they have, Great 17 point. points last week? Points are points, no matter where. That's why I traded for Steven Gostkowski with right. you, even though it hasn't really worked out for me so far, um, because points are points. And right now, even though I love to stream defenses, I was able to grab the Chiefs' defense in a few leagues. They are in my lineup. They are staying in my lineup. And I'm not messing with them. San Diego, Matt Schaub, yep. and then Johnny Manziel. Dude, I mean, but that Matt Schaub, is, oh. Matt Schaub, that's like you know, on the, the SAT, pick six. on the SAT, you get the 200 points for writing your name. Just pencil yeah. in six points for the pick six. That's <laughs> yeah, man. Just pencil it in. <laughs> Oh, so sad. Uh, I, I met him this. I met him this offseason. Very nice guy. I got a good nugget from last night yeah. when we were uh, we were having drinks. It was with Dennis, one of the guys from our research team, and he said, "Oh, since like 2013 or 2012 or something like that, uh, Matt Schaub is second in pick sixes thrown. Philip Rivers is first, but he's had like." 15, he's played like way 15, more games, 15, right? Well, he's had like 15 or 1,600 pass attempts. Matt Schaub has had like 400. Oh, wow. And he's second in pick sixes. Wow. Dude, it's like every single week. I mean, at, at some point. Every week, it's, it's like a joke. Now. It is kind of like a comedy, right? Because so good. Like, like even la- the one last week, it's the ball gets tipped up in the air. It comes down in the hands of a lineman who runs it in. I mean, it is. It America's is, number one comedy right now is it Matt Schaub. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we keep? And so, uh, I, can I we guess, keep the streak going? I guess Seattle's defense is going to be ranked number one this week. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Yeah. I would imagine mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, all right. I, we I, should we should move on to some of these recency bias. Things. All right, spend sure. a lot of time on QBs. Oh yeah, uh, Buck Allen. He obviously had an amazing. I mean, in PPR, he had thirty five points, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, but uh, do you believe in him moving forward? Uh, I mean, what else do they have? 
I, I don't like the matchup this week. I can promise you that. I don't but, like any of his matchups. The next I mean, if you're in a PPR league, I don't know how you bench him. You can't. I don't know how you bench him. I really don't. All right, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Hmm. Oh, last two weeks, last really two weeks, to? seven points total, not per game. Total. I mean, yeah. it, I, I feel like you know we should have like a, a goodwill hunting moment here, Todd. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> and he just and then he just goes crying at the Jeff mean, Fisher's because, arms. Right. If, no, if you're an opposing Fisher defense, <laughs> if you're an opposing defense and you're scheming for the Rams. What's the one thing you feel like you have to do? Let's just stop Todd Gurley. You know, Case Keenum, Nick Foles, those guys aren't going to beat us. So we're just going to load up the box, and we're going to stop Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been the downfall of of the Rams' offense and of Todd Gurley the last Because they they didn't – I don't know, but I guess they thought Gurley's just going to run all over the whole league because they have not done anything creative offensively. Uh, When you're going to Case Keenum as a solution – you know you're in trouble. They also just fired the only offensive coordinator who's been able to do anything with the second best player on their offense, and that's Tavon Austin. Sure. So, so it's a listen, man. All right. So what do you do? And, and the matchup. This Where do week, you rank Todd Gurley? The matchup this week. I mean, like, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I, I listen. I'm in a league where I have Gurley, D'Angelo, Latavius Murray, and Rawls. Okay. So what are you doing? I I I, I am seriously considering benching him this week. Seriously I, uh, considering. I have Gurley. When I did my preliminary rankings last night, and they always change throughout the week because, like, doing your rankings on Monday is, you know, you Not haven't great. done any it's research. A dangerous thing. Yes. I had Gurley outside my top 20. Woo-wee. So he's not even RB2. Uh, I mean, the, and you look at the matchup. The Lions have been really good against the run lately. They have. Yeah. They Their really have been. Has played a lot better. So, um, listen, it, 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 it's funny. I tweeted this out on, on, uh, on Sunday. Um, maybe five weeks ago, everyone, everyone in the world of fantasy football agreed that Todd Gurley was the number one overall pick next year. Yep. I I think it's Le'Veon Bell, but I mean... It might be. Because you know Bell is what we all know he is. I mean, this guy is a beast. Mm-hmm. He's just got the the knee injuries that have, that have hindered him the last couple of years. But if the Rams don't do something to fix the offensive line... Get a quarterback. I don't know if you can do that all in one offseason. There's not enough good quarterbacks on the planet, okay? Um, Gurley could find himself being in a situation like we've seen with Jeremy Hill, right? Jeremy Hill overall this year has been pretty disappointing. He's had a handful of good games. Sure. But he hasn't been worth that first or second round pick. Absolutely not. So, Todd Gurley outside of the top 20. It's crazy. I mean, he's at like 21, but like. But still. There are a lot of guys that I would feel much more comfortable with playing ahead of him. Um, I, I let me ask you. Well, this is the point I would make about Todd Gurley too, because even when he was going off for long stretches of the game, he would be contained, and he would just break off fifty-yard runs, and then then he would start getting it going. Right? Um, he just hasn't been able to do that. He's a guy right now as a rookie coming off of a major major knee injury. He needs that big play to get going. At least that's what it's th- – that in this small sample size that we've seen, uh, that's what we need. I don't know if that's 100% true. It's helped him have better fantasy days, but he's still, like, even prior prior to their quarterback play nosediving, even in, like, that game against Green Bay, I'm, I'm looking at the box score right now, he had 159 yards. 
he, it took him like 32 carries to get there, but he fought hard for every yard. Like he is still super talented. The but how many of those yards came in the fourth quarter, though? Not not only only like 50 of them on on the thing. He had he had had like 100 yards beforehand before the 150 yard run, and he like he earned every one of them. And like the game against Cleveland, it wasn't just a huge run. Uh, so I think the trouble is he's also just not getting the volume now because people are shutting him down early and then getting up. And then the Rams fall behind, Lewis. right? And That's when you when you're down 17 to zero, you can't you can't establish the run. You got to try and move the ball. So that's why Gurley had nine carries last week. Oh boy, yeah. Oh boy, the Rams' offense is a mess. That's sad. It it's makes me sad. Mess. It makes me sad. All right, uh, let's talk about some wide receivers. How about the first and foremost? Can we talk about Doug Baldwin? Doug Dude. Baldwin. What is He's going got on? Five touchdowns over the last Angry two weeks. Doug. Here, he reminded me like the situation reminded me of Roethlisberger <laughs> last year because he had like the six touchdown game. Yeah. And then you're thinking. Yeah, he's not doing that There's again. There's no way he could do that again. And guess what? He did it again. again. And so, like, you know, Baldwin had the huge game two weeks ago, and you're thinking, hey, no, no way. way. He's not against the Vikings. No and way. And then guess what he does? I, it's yeah. a, I don't know. So now, of course, he's playing the Ravens, who have one of the worst. And, and watch, watch him have He's not going to do it. And, you know, he'll have, like, you know, 23 yards or something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Since since his bye week, I think that's when they kind of rejiggered the Seattle offense because his three highest yardage totals have all come in the four games since the bye. Mm-hmm. And okay. also six of his eight touchdowns have come in the four games since the bye. By the way, uh, he is what? Why, he's the wide receiver 12 now? Yeah, I don't know. In he the is, game? He has skyrocketed. Really? Skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Wow. Let's look quick. On the season, Doug Baldwin is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Wide receiver 12. Dude, wow. That insane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's, he's one point What's happening? Eric Decker now because What's he's happening? absolutely berserk. That's what right. What is happening and, in and, this world? And li- listen, listen to the numbers he's put up, okay? Amazing. Three and a half points. Week three, three and a half points. He had nine, six, seven, two, three, one, nine, three, five. Okay, not even on the radar. Then the bye and then the last four weeks, he's had 19-plus three times. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that's crazy. More, more receiving touchdowns than Calvin Johnson, A.J. Green, Jarvis Antonio Landry, Brown, Michael Crabtree, Julio Jones. Julio Jones? He's got more touchdowns. More touchdowns than Julio Jones. I mean, keep in mind, Julio Jones, it's been, uh, it's been a it's Julio been a minute. Julio Jones hasn't caught a touchdown since week eight. It's been a minute. It's been a while. Yeah, Guys, he has, he has more touchdowns than Devontae Adams. T- oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right, so Insane. do we believe in Doug Baldwin moving forward? I mean, he's we, playing we, the we Ravens right. this week. You, you mentioned I how do. they got a great favorable schedule going down the stretch. If it sounds like some of us are confused, it's because we are. Because this season has been so nuts. You know, it's like... Ooh, New Hopkins is playing against the Saints. He's going to go off. He's going to go point six points. I know. Doug Baldwin, boy, he's been awful all year. Now he's 12th in fantasy points among wide receivers. It's been a nutty, nutty, unpredictable season uh, for, for a lot of us fantasy analysts out there. Uh, I, I know I've seen more gray hair this season. <laughs> that's for sure. All right, uh, Gail Harn, what do you do with Doug Baldwin? I think you can start him. He's uh he's on that wide receiver three flex, like even maybe wide receiver two range moving forward. I think he's a good flex option only because you know again, uh, I I would imagine the floor is isn't great as we've seen with his, some of his horrible yeah, games. He's had some stinkers, but he's in the flex. You love a guy who could give you twenty points, right? And uh, he's like we talk about like the passing game volume he's seen uh just shy of 27% of the tar- total targets in the Seattle offense since the bye all right 
So that is that is nice. All right. So flip side of the coin, uh, big name, not a lot of production. Julio Jones, just 15 points over his last two. Yeah, weeks. and he's got Norman this week, oh. and for two of the next. He's got two. Three, of, yeah, two, two of the, the next, next three, three weeks. Forget two of the next about three weeks. It. But how in the world do you bench Julio Jones? I mean, listen, you could. I mean, you could do it. Uh, I actually was shocked because I was watching some of that game, uh, the Carolina game. And Brandon Nor- Cooks. Norman actually, well, Cooks Cooks didn't beat Norman on the touchdown. No, Norman, he did not. But Norman got beat on the Coleman touchdown. Mm. So I was a little bit surprised there. But, um, boy, I'll tell you something. This is why, and I know Marcus had talked about this. I talked about this. Uh, Matt Money Smith talked about this, that before the trade deadline, a lot of us were like, dude, get a king's ransom for Jones now because in the two weeks in the fantasy playoffs when you're scratching your head and whether or not you should be starting him against the Panthers, you are going to feel a whole heck of a lot better not having to make that decision. And and you have to play him, but boy, uh, I'll tell you something. I mean, Norman's, he's he's cut down just about everyone. Everyone. And I'm not talking about uh, curtain jerkers and mid-card jobbers. I'm talking about some of the elite in this league have done zip against Josh. I know I was shocked to see production out of Brandon Cooks. I mean, I know that the long touchdown he caught was not on Josh Norman. Right, they, they started moving him around, um, and, and yeah. And, but heck, still. Heck, Cooks, hey, he was my breakout guy. He was a breakout candidate for sure. a lot of people around here. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, him and Allen Robinson were both big names, but yeah, Cooks is, I mean, he's on pace right now for 1,109 touchdowns. I'll take it all day. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's I pretty like good. it. Uh what, Marcus, what do you do with Julio Jones? I know you've been, you know, just preaching to the high heavens. Get rid of Julio Jones. Yeah, um, I mean, you're playing him like Fab said. I mean, you've got a guy like Julio Jones who has the ability to break out at any time. It's hard to put him on your bench, especially because they're still throwing the football to him. The problem is the Falcons' offense has been a mess recently. Matt Ryan. Awful, man. Matt Ryan's been it's terrible. So bad. I mean, I mean, in, in real football terms, they, they are, they've played their way out of a playoff spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's hard to trust him. But, again, like if, if you leave Julio Jones on your bench and he goes off for 25 points, which he has the ability to do at any time, you're going to be kicking yourself. But mm-hmm. it, it's just the matchups don't favor him. The offense is playing bad. Everything got, is trending where, down. Where do you guys got him ranked? That's probably a better question. This week? Yeah. Uh, I think I had him around 10. Yeah, I mean, he's in the bottom bottom part of my top 10. I haven't even looked at my rankings yet. I, oh. I've, I've still got to right start him instead of him. <laughs> You know, coming coming off my my uh, my bronchitis. Sure. Yeah, I haven't even done rankings yet, but I mean, there's no way he's out of my top twenty. Yeah. There's no way. Ugh, so. Man, high alert, Julio uh, Jones. We'll have to. We're getting running a little long here, so we'll have to punt the fantasy playoff discussion until Friday. Okay. But uh, I think we I should have a a piece up with the best and worst fantasy playoff matchups too, so we can talk about that then. Alex Gelhar is, is kicking butts and taking names, uh, just like uh, the rest of our. NFL.com editorial staff. So make sure you're checking out NFL.com slash fantasy. Of course. Uh, because we're here to help you win a championship. All that's right. that's what we're here for. Should we dap it? Yep, dap and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dapping up, daps and bound, daps and All right, Michael Fabiano, welcome back to the podcast. Give me some daily yeah, daps. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going Alex Gelhar and uh, the fantasy crew for covering for me for the ah. last 
week. Alex uh, making his debut on NFL Fantasy Live. Oh, I actually He was actually uh, practicing his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him doing that uh, when we came in here. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so thanks for covering for me. I, I feel terrible because, again, I tried to fight my way through a week, and I just got worse. Um, and, and so uh, – uh, you guys, you know, doing a bang-up job as always. All right, so. there you go. Alex Gelhar did do a bang-up job on uh, television. I want, how, what did what did Mama Gelhar have to say? She had to have been through. Oh, the she was very excited. So was my so was my pops and right. uh, other other family and friends. Thought it was very cool to see somebody. You know, all of my family and friends in small town Wisconsin were like, "Oh, look at that! Alex is on the TV." So that is amazing. Pretty sweet. It is amazing. I mean, you're 21 years old. Here you are on <laughs> television. It's amazing. It is amazing. All, uh, tr- all true. <laughs> all right, Gilhart, hit me with the dap. Uh, I'm going to give a dim- dap to uh, Jimmy Valvano and his speech because it's Jimmy V Week uh, Great point. for ESPN. Uh, and if you've never seen the speech before, it w- it's one of the best in, like, in sports and life. life. Uh, he was suffering from cancer and won the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at the ESPYs and gave a really heartfelt – He was the first winner of that. He uh, was the first winner. You're right. And uh, he w- gave a very heartfelt, inspiring speech. I watch it every year. I tear up every time I watch it. And uh, since it's Jimmy V, we can give a dap to him and the Jimmy V Cancer Foundation for research because they do a lot of great work and are trying to help out for a great cause. So, All right, I like it. How about it, MG? Uh, my daily dap is to uh, the Cartoon Network and Jindy Tarnikovsky. Uh They are rebooting Samurai Jack yeah. in 2016. Yes, yeah. yeah, Samurai Jack, the story of uh, the the titled character who was uh, flung into the future by the shape-shifting master of darkness, Aku. He's trying to fight his way back to the past to defeat Aku and undo all the evil that has happened Haku, in the world. They, they, he was a WWE wrestler. Uh, <laughs> so, Samurai Jack is awesome. Samurai Jack was amazing. It was an amazing show, and so uh, it is getting rebooted. I'm you know, so-so on reboots, but this is a show that... I'm willing to get behind a reboot. So it's coming uh, in 2016, so daps to that. All right, I like it. I got a few here. Can I do that? Uh, I'm going to give daps to the uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give daps to uh, the Cauldron. They made a, an awesome Antonio Brown 8-bit uh, celebration mixing yep. in a little bit of Mario. If you haven't if seen that, go type Google The Cauldron Antonio Brown. You will see that. It's a great little video. It's 30 seconds. Go peep it. It's funny. Um, I'll, I'll give a dap to uh, fightland.com. Again, that's fightland. Dot com. They do. They basically do. I know in, in NFL, there's a lot of like uh, gift breakdowns of plays. The, these guys do gift breakdowns of fights, um, and specifically, they really focus on the UFC. I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are also into the fight game as well, like I am. Um, I'm a huge UFC guy. There's a <laughs> there's a bunch of fights this weekend. I'm so excited. Uh, Jose Aldo taking on Conor McGregor. That should uh, be great. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, anyways, but uh, but they do a whole uh, gift breakdown uh, of various fights. They've got a, a, a great breakdown of Jose Aldo, a great breakdown of Conor McGregor, um, and Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold as well. So go check them out. Um, I will give an undap to spinning class. Went to spinning class uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, with the wife, if if you are in a long term relationship, at some point, uh, I I would imagine at some point, it, it, well, I guess if you're in Southern California too, because I guess they don't do too much spinning in I don't know Iowa, I guess, but um, I, that's just my assumption. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where, sure where Iowa is. I don't even know where it is on a map. So <laughs> whatever, who cares? Southern California. Uh, if you're in a long term relationship, at some point, your girl's going to try to rope you into spin class. Gentlemen, let me tell you, um, I would say do it to be a good boyfriend slash husband but be on high alert 
<laughs> your nether regions get smashed. And also, for some reason, your feet feel like they're about to break in half. <laughs> Spinning is not enjoyable. I don't understand how anyone does it. I mean, any guy does it. Your dark parts get hurt. It is not enjoyable. Did you have to take an ice bath after spinning class? Dude, it was so not cool. And, and you know, my wife's like, oh, man, what a great cardio workout. I was like, I wouldn't know. I am in so much pain in other places other than my lungs. I don't know what is hurting right now. So undap to spinning class. <laughs> and on that note. And on that note, we are out of here. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> the Whiskey from Wisconsin, FG Marcus Grant. And the return of the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. I'm James Cole. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.